0: Week three of TLR Summer Nights. How's everyone feeling tonight? Everybody feeling good. Awesome, awesome. Uh, everybody feeling good. Chicken fajitas were good. That's that's great to hear. Well, hey, um, TLR Summer Nights are coming in strong, and as Beth said, this is our final gathering of the summer here at Buckhead Church. But we're not done. We still have a couple more big events coming up that I'm super pumped about. I hope you're excited as well. Um, next Monday night, Piedmont Park, 6:30 to 8:30. It's going to be a blast. Can't wait for that. We're gonna grill out. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna play some games. Maybe a big kickball game. So you don't want to miss it. Um, even if you're like. Uh, I'm not really a kickball person, just come and hang out, I promise you it's going to be a good time, you don't have to stay the whole time even, you can come for 30 minutes and grab a hot dog and leave, it'll be great, we're going to have burgers as well, so it's going to be awesome, and then fast forwarding a few weeks, um, past 4th of July and all that good stuff, to July 17th, when we're going to have a 90s night uh, at Cascade Roller Rink. I don't know about you, but I'm pumped about that. So if you're not pumped about that, that's okay, because I am. I can't wait. And even if you're like, I don't skate. Like, I've never skated before. You know, I don't. I, it's, it's not my thing come, because here's, here's the deal, you don't have to skate, you can just come and get the free food and hang out, and you can get some really good content for your Insta story and for Snapchat of people that are trying to skate that shouldn't be skating like me, um, but just by a show of hands, by the way, has anyone skated for real in like the past year? Okay, more of you than I thought, but, um, but I haven't, so just extend grace, um, we're all on the same page, but it's going to be awesome, I can't wait. Uh, for that and again for next week from Heemount Park, we would love for you to RSVP on our Instagram page. If you go to our bio, there's the link on there and that's a great way that will help us out as well. So listen, it was about two years ago and the reason that I am pretty confident of this date is because this past week, my wife and I, and we celebrated our four-year anniversary. Um, thank you. I was hoping you'd clap and that was awesome. It was exciting. Um, so it was two years ago. I remember the date um, because of that and it was 2 years ago and, I, and we were kind of in a spot in our in our relationship and in our marriage where i just felt like for whatever reason like like things weren't weren't bad but but you know when in relationships things just kind of get like where it feels like it's a little bit stale and you just need to freshen it up like you need to do something new and exciting and just do something different and i was kind of feeling this for a couple of weeks so finally i was like you know what i'm going to do something about this I, I, I just need to mix it up so i did what any good guy or good boyfriend or husband would do in this moment, I went on Google and I Googled like top 10 creative dates to take your wife on, right? And... (laughs) Um, some of them that came up were cool, others I was like, what in the world? No, we're not going to go climb like the side of a building or that's crazy, you know. But I was like, uh, none of these are going to work and, and I don't want her to, you know, find out that I found out about this awesome date. And she's like, how do you plan it? And I'm like, oh, I Googled it and, you know, just followed the 10 steps. Like, I don't want that. And so I got, you know, to my creative board and, and I was like, I don't really have a creative board. But um, I started thinking and I was like, you know, what do we both love to do? And, and I started thinking about it. I was like, okay, I love to dance. Like, like I really like to dance. And um, some people say I'm not a great dancer, which I know is, is really hard for you to believe, especially if you come to the living room a lot. You're like, what are they talking about if you've never seen me dance? And, you know, like, I got some moves. You know what I'm talking about? And so, um, but, but some people are like, yeah, you don't really dance that well. But my wife, on the other hand, she also likes to dance. We share that um, common quality. But most people would say that she's like a, a pretty good dancer. I would say she's um, you know, a really good dancer, and so I was like, okay, what if, what if I find, like, some dance classes that we could take, and so I, I did Google this, but I felt like that was okay, and, and I just Googled dance classes, and I found one that was like, just, you can come, it was like an open dance class, and so I didn't know what it was, what I was getting myself into, but I signed us up, it wasn't super expensive, and so we just went, and I didn't really tell in about it until the night of, I'm like, hey, we're gonna go do something fun tonight, and she's like, cool, what are we doing, I'm like, we're going to take a dance class. And she's like, oh, awesome, okay, cool, let's do it. So we get there, and, and we, it's kind of like in this area that we didn't really know much about, and the, the, the entrance was like on the backside of this building, and I was like, what are we getting ourselves into? And we walk up three floors, and we get up there, and we open up this door, and, and not joking, there are about 30 couples up there, and it looks like they're are practicing for like a Broadway dance performance. Like they are incredible dancers, and I walk in, I'm like, "What did I get myself into? Like this is terrible." I'm, I'm low key, like freaking out in the moment, and I'm like, "No, it's cool, and We got this." And so I find a person, I'm like, "Hey, listen, like I've." sign my wife and I up, but like we don't belong here, we really don't, like if we get on the dance floor with these people, like they're going to, like we're going to make ourselves look like fools and they're going to hate us, like, like we're going to be tripping them, this is terrible, and the lady's like, oh, you probably signed up for the beginner class, and I was like, yeah, ab- absolutely, yeah, of course, yeah, where's, where's the beginner class, and she's like, oh, follow me, so she walks me down a couple hallways and brings me into a new room, and, and I open up the door of this room And now there's about four couples in this room, and this is much more our speed. Like these guys are in there, and I'm not saying that I look like super hip or like a dancer, but these guys are like tripping over their shoelaces, and they have no business being on the dance floor. So I'm like, okay, this is good. I'm feeling pretty confident in the moment. And then our instructor walks in, and this guy was like full of life. I mean, he comes in, and he's like, hey, welcome to dance class. This is gonna be awesome. And I'm like, oh, cool, all right. And he's like, "Um, tonight I'm going to teach you a lesson on, on how to cha cha dance. And I'm like, cha- I didn't know what I, I thought it was gonna be, like maybe hip hop, but, but cha cha was not what I was expecting. Because the only thing I knew about cha cha was cha cha is like a really fast dance movement. And I'm like, this is not for me, you know, like this isn't what I'm, I'm about. But I was like, whatever, we already paid the money and we're here, so, so let's just make the best of it. And so the first half of the class, the first hour goes by and um, it was a struggle, like, t- to be honest, it, it was awful, it was, it was terrible, it was worse than you can imagine, um, Ann was picking up the steps, I wasn't, and so it was just, it was all bad, and so midway through, like, we're on our drink break, he gave us a five-minute drink break, and, and I'm like, hey, um, babe, you know, it's been a great night, but you think we should just, like, head out, I don't feel that good, she's like, you feel fine, I'm like, you're right, but hey, I just, I, I, don't, I don't know, I think we should just maybe, like, and she's like, no, 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 listen, stick with it, we got another hour, like, you're gonna be fine, you're getting there, and I was like, hey, I love you, always know what to say. Like this. I'm crying, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm not crying, but, but it was awesome. And so I'm like, okay, we'll stick with it. So fast forward the next hour, and, and by the end of the class, at the end of the two hours, I feel like... We got to a point where we had mastered a 15 second cha-cha routine. Like like no joke, it got to a point where we were killing it. I mean, we're out there and we're like, "Yo, you got anything more for us? This is this is pretty easy." And some of you right now are like, "I, I don't really believe you." Like, I, "I know you're a pastor and you're not supposed to lie, but I feel like you're lying in this moment and like you're smiling and so I know that you're feeling me here." And, and I feel like um I feel like some of you were going to think that, like you were going to think that I was just kind of making this up and you're like, "I don't even know where you're really going with this, um, but 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 I um, actually asked Ann, who's here tonight, I said, hey, some people aren't going to believe us, would you mind, like, coming up on stage, and, and again, it's a 15-second routine, so we got time, so she hates this stuff, but Ann, would you be willing to come up just for the simple fact, I don't want all these people to think I'm a liar, just come on up, just, just come on, come on just come up just come up and she absolutely hates this but again it's a 15 second routine we have time like no you know there's no buses waiting on us or anything like that so um this is my wife Ann, by the way if you've never met her she's incredible way cooler than i am so here's the deal um she didn't even know i was gonna invite her up i just said hey i might like call you out tonight and she's like okay cool whatever i'm glad you're videoing this send me that at the end of the night because it's gonna be awesome and um so here's the deal Here's the deal, I cued a song with the with the guys in the back, so if you guys want to hit that, just start it up, we'll be good, we got space right here, girl, you know J-Lo, let's get loud, come on, somebody, here we go, film, I want everyone to film, all right, here we go, here we go. So not bad, right? Like we're a little rusty. It's been a few weeks. I can't believe that just happened. But um, so that, that's the cha-cha dance lesson that we learned. Um, and, it, and it's awesome. And I loved it. And what I realized was that there was too much at stake. In our marriage, there, there was too much at stake when it came to Ann and I's relationship to just stay where we were. There, there was way too much at stake to, to just keep, you know, the relationship kind of stale and just to kind of feel stuck where we were. There was way too much at stake to stay there. And what I know is that tonight there's probably some of you in the room that, that feel like your relationship with God has kind of become a little bit stale. Maybe you feel like your relationship with God, the point where you're at right now, you just kind of feel stuck. And maybe you're, you're in the room and you're like, uh, I don't know, man. Like I, I'm kind of just seeking this whole thing out. I have a lot of questions and I'm kind of a skeptic when it comes to this whole Christianity thing. I don't even know what I believe and what I don't believe, and that's awesome. We're so glad that you're here. But even if that's you tonight, I feel like you still could be stuck in that pursuit. Like you might be stuck with a doubt that you have. You might be stuck with a question. And I just think that there's way too much at stake to stay there. And if we could just zero in a little bit further, when it comes to the topic of prayer, I think that there's a lot of us that would say, yeah, we, we feel like our prayer lives have, have kind of become stale. Like for, for a good while now, maybe you, you haven't even, like you've forgotten about it because it's just been so long, where you feel like you've just begun praying visionless, passionless, empty prayers. There's been no consistency. You haven't changed it up in, in months or maybe even years. And I think there's way too much at stake to stay there. There's way too much at stake. To, to stay where you're at, where you at, and to not move forward, to not change something up. And this is why over the past couple weeks here at The Living Room this summer, we've spent so much time talking about this topic, the topic of prayer. And the first week, we talked about how your motivation for prayer isn't to impress people. It's not to impress God. We talked about how your motivation for prayer is to connect with God, to sync your heart with God's heart. And then last week, Beth did a phenomenal job talking about how we can approach God as our Father. And tonight we're going to finish off the second half of the Lord's Prayer, and there's really three verses that we're going to lean into tonight, and really it's three prayers. Three prayers that when you first read them, they kind of seem like we're asking God for things, but really these are three prayers that are meant to influence the way that we live. These are three bold prayers that are meant to lead us into action, and our hope, our hope is that over these, the course of these three weeks, which if you missed part one or part two, you can go back on the podcast and catch up, but our hope is that at some point you've heard something and, and maybe you've said, you know what, I'm going to try that. I'm going to get away. I'm going to approach God as Father. And the hope is that you've drawn closer in your relationship to Him. That, that you become unstuck. And that it's not so stale like it like maybe it's been for you. So we're going to dive in tonight to Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 11. And this is Jesus speaking. This is the second part of the Lord's Prayer. And this is what it says. Give us today our daily bread. Jesus says, I want you to pray this prayer. Give us today our our daily bread, now now a couple things we need to point out here. First off, we see today, which I feel like for a lot of us, we're like, okay, I don't love the word today, because once it's today, it already kind of feels too late, because once today comes, I'm already planning and thinking about tomorrow, right? So like today is like, it, it's already too late, but whatever, I'll just stick with that, and then you move on to bread, and you're like, okay, there's, there's really two camps of people, I feel like, when it, when it comes to bread. Like, there's those of you who are like, I-, I like bread, but I'm on a low-carb diet right now, and, and I'm trying to stay away from bread, so I don't really want to pray um, that that Jesus would give me my daily bread today. Some I think. Then there's the others of you that are like, no, I love bread. Like I love carbs. Carbs equals life, right? Like that's my life motto. And, and maybe you're like, no, bread is amazing. I mean, I, if I'm being honest, like I review restaurants on Yelp based off the free bread, the quality of the free bread. Don't don't act like you don't do this as well. We do this, and so I do it too. And, and you're like, bread is is incredible. It's incredible. And, and you see this, and and so that that might be you. But really you think, you know, bread is, is, is like free, Matt. I mean, I'm throwing bread out my pantry every single week. I, I can go to Jimmy John's and get day old loaf of bread for 50 cents. Like, I don't know how that's a thing because Jimmy John's is the best bread in the world, but whatever, you're like, bread's like, there's nothing luxurious about bread, right? Like, like you think about bread and you're like this, maybe in this time, like this meant something, but today this, this prayer kind of seems like it's irrelevant, right, like this feels maybe a little bit outdated, but what Jesus is saying is that this prayer isn't so much for our greeds, it's for our needs. This prayer is for our needs, not our greeds. So Jesus is saying, yes, I know that bread is not luxurious, but this prayer was spoken in a time when, when people would generally get paid day by day, one day at a time. So if, if people would be ill for just a few days, it could result in tragedy in their lives. And I think the same is true for us. If, if we fail, to to invite God into the everyday moments of our life. And if we get so consumed and so obsessed and so focused on just the luxurious things, then I think what can happen is over time, we begin to use people and we forget God. We use people and we forget God, and that results in a tragedy. And Jesus is saying, no, I want you to be willing to pray to invite me into your everyday, ordinary, mundane moments of life. I want you to invite me into those moments because the truth is, Is is if you just worry about the the luxurious things, then you're going to miss out on some extraordinary things that God has for you. You're going to miss out on the extraordinary things that God has for your life. If you neglect to invite God into the ordinary moments, then you'll often miss out on extraordinary things that he has for you. You'll often miss the extraordinary if you neglect to invite God into your ordinary. And, And I think that this prayer ultimately is lived out through you trusting God. Like I think you'll be willing to pray this prayer, you'll be willing to pray the type of prayer in your own words, God give me today my daily bread and you'll be willing to invite God into the ordinary everyday moments of your life once you're you're really willing to trust God. And so my question to you is, are you really willing to trust God? Are you really willing to trust God? What's keeping you from trusting God? I was reminded of a story Uh, from a few years ago and I was leading a a group of high school guys and there was this guy that came into my group and he was I I think a sophomore in high school maybe a freshman and when he first came in I kind of was getting to know him a little bit and he was telling me about his story and I quickly realized that this guy um, had gone through some struggles in life and one part of his story that I'll never forget is as he started telling me about what he wanted to be when he when he grew up and like I was like what are you passionate about and he's like well there's, there's really kind of two areas um, that, that I see my life going, Matt. And he's like, this has is, is kind of been the pattern for all the males in my life. And he's like, number one, um, we either end up like being artists, like tattoo artists, or number two, we, we generally go to prison. And I was like, okay, I feel like I'd, I'd probably like pursue the, the art field. And he's like, well, there's just one problem. Um, I, I'm not really artistic. Like it, it's not my thing, so, so I just don't know. And so we started having conversations, and over time, I, I started being able to hang around him more, and I, and I gave him a ride home from small group almost every single week, and, and finally it got to a point where I started to challenge him, and I, I started to ask him some questions, and I said, hey, I want you to really, really ask yourself this and reflect upon this. And fast forward about a year after we first met, he came up to me and he said, hey, I've been taking this welding class at, at school, in high school, and I made this for you, and I know it's not much, but it's just a piece of metal that, that says your name on it, Matt, and I wanted to give this to you because I want, I want to let you know that, that I want to start my own welding company one day now. Like, I have this new dream. And, and thank you for believing in me and for not giving up on me. And then fast forward a few months after that, he comes back to me and he's like, hey, I, I'm getting better at welding, Matt. Like, I have a little bit big bigger piece of, of metal here. And it says your name on it again. And I'm like, hey, man, I know you're going to keep getting better and better. But you don't have to, like, keep giving me bigger and bigger pieces of metal. Like, this is awesome. But I love that moment. Because he gave me that, and and I could see that there was a new dream that was coming alive in his heart. And and really what it was, is he was beginning to trust God. He was really asking himself, what's keeping me from trusting God? And what was keeping him from trusting God might be the same thing that's keeping you from trusting God. He, he, He didn't think that he was worth enough. He didn't think that he had value. He didn't think that God could actually use him for anything good in this life. But once he began to take some steps to trust God, his eyes were opened, that God wanted to do some extraordinary things in and through his life, that God had more for his life planned than he ever thought possible. And he started inviting God into the everyday moments of his life. He started praying, Lord, give me today my daily bread types of prayers. And I think the same thing can happen for you if you're willing to trust God and if you're willing to invite God into the ordinary moments, the moments where you're just going to class, the moment where where you're sitting in class, the moments where you're hanging out with your friends, the moments where you're in in the line at Chipotle on a Tuesday afternoon. What might God want to do through those ordinary moments if you're willing to invite him in? I think he has some extraordinary things that he wants to do. And it continues on, Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Jesus says, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And I know what a lot of us think when we first read a prayer like this, maybe you've heard this before, maybe someone's prayed this before, maybe you've read this, maybe you've prayed this before and you didn't even really know what it meant. But but I think a lot of us were like, ah, that's the prayer of like confession. That's the prayer that I need to pray whenever I've done something wrong, and, and I got to pray, Lord, forgive me. Like, I'm, I'm a terrible person, and I, I feel disappointed in myself, and I feel like God's disappointed in me, and I feel all this shame. But can I just say this? If, if confession to God doesn't bring about an increase of joy and freedom and peace in your life, then we really have the wrong picture of what grace really is. See, because grace is undeserved favor, Grace is you truly knowing that God has forgiven you and that he says, no, when you confess to me, I want you to realize that I've forgiven you, that you're good, I'm not disappointed in you. And so this prayer isn't to make us feel bad. This prayer is to remind us that we're forgiven. And because we know we're forgiven, this prayer is to lead us to go and forgive others. See, forgiven people, forgive people. Forgiven people, forgive people. And, And this is really, really tough because The person that's coming to your mind right now is the last person you wanna forgive. Like there's probably someone that's coming to your mind that you're thinking, well, I'm not gonna forgive that guy. Like no way am I forgiving that girl. Like you you don't know, Matt, what what she's done to me. You don't know what he said to me. Like I'm not there yet. That's gonna take a while, maybe one day, but but not right now. But forgiving people, forgive people. And every person that, that you lock eyes with is a person whom Jesus died for. What if you have that shift? Where you went from thinking, no, I'm not forgiving that person. Like, like they're, they're rude. Like they deserve what they're getting. I'm, I'm not going there. But what if you shifted and said, you know what? Regardless of what this person has done to me, regardless of what they've said, regardless of how I feel about them, every single person that I lock eyes with is a person whom Jesus died for. I think if you start to live life that way, You'd be willing to say, "Man, I'm going to take this prayer seriously. Like I'm going to do my best to take a step and maybe go down the path of forgiveness. It might be messy. It might be tough. It might be emotional, but I think it'd be powerful." So, what's keeping you from forgiving others? What is really keeping you from forgiving others? Because the truth is, on the other side of forgiving others is freedom. There's peace on the other side of forgiveness. There's, there's an increase in joy. And so I think tonight, maybe what's keeping some of you from forgiving others is you're just pretty afraid. You're pretty fearful of, of, of what it what it might look like for you to do that. Like you're like, I don't want to pick up the phone and make a call. Or I don't want to drive 45 minutes to go see my mom or see my dad because I don't want to be that vulnerable. Like I just don't want to even go there. Or maybe you're, you're worried about what their response might be. Like you think, man, if I ask them to forgive me, like... What if they just hurt me again in the moment? There might be a lot of things that are keeping you from forgiving others, but I think it's worth it. And, and Jesus challenges us. He says, hey, I want you to remember that you've been forgiven. And because of that, forgiven people forgive others. But he doesn't stop there. He continues on in Matthew 6, verse 13. He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And listen, this is not a prayer saying, God, I, I never want to be tested, like never put me in situations where I have to make tough decisions or situations where I have to say no, no, you're going to be tested, your faith is going to be tested at times in life, that's just reality, there, there's going to be moments where you have to make wise decisions and moments where you, you, you have to make a tough call, maybe moments where you have to end a relationship, that's not what this prayer is, this prayer is, is not a prayer saying, Lord, would you just help me to never go through any tough things? Like, I don't want to ever be in any tough situations or walk through any tough circumstances in life. That's not what this prayer is. This ultimately is a prayer that's saying, Lord, I want to fight sin. I don't want to continue to fall into temptation to give in to sin. And my question is, are you willing to fight sin? Are you really willing to fight sin? See, I had a conversation not too long ago with a good friend of mine and, um, he was telling me that he had some things in his life that he had been struggling with, and really one area in particular. And I was like, all right, well, we were we were close enough where I felt like I could get real with him. And I was like, okay, why don't you talk to me about it, you know, like, so I can encourage you. And, you know, maybe I've experienced the same thing, and, and I have struggles as well. Like, we can hold each other accountable. And he's like, well, it's it's been late at night usually, not during the day so much, but late at night, like, I've been looking at things on my phone, websites that I shouldn't be looking at. And I was like, okay, okay, so are you... Are you willing to fight sin? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Like I've been fighting sin for a while now and I've been, it's been a struggle, but I've been fighting. And I'm like, okay, well, tell me about the fight. Like, like tell me how you've been fighting this, this sin. And he's like, well, you know, like every night I go to bed and, and I don't know, like I pray and, and I try not to, but then eventually I just reach over and grab my phone and start looking at things. And so I looked at him and I'm like, hey, I don't wanna make light of the struggle that you're going through, the sin that you have, and, and that's not my, my intention at all right now. But I looked at him and I said, hey, are, are you really willing to fight sin? Like really? Because if you are, what would it look like for you to, to maybe move your phone into the other room at night? What would it look like for you to maybe get rid of your phone for, for a few weeks? I know, I know that sounds crazy. What would it look like for you, I know your phone is your alarm clock, but maybe just to buy an alarm clock instead. Because I told him, you know, honestly, what you're doing, this would be like an alcoholic, someone who struggles with alcohol. This would be like them going to bed every single night with a bottle of whiskey on their bedside table. Like, yeah, that, that's going to make it pretty tough to, to really fight against that sin. And he was like, man, that's, that's true. I never thought of it that way. But then he, he was like, you know, but Matt, I just don't feel like I should be struggling like this. And I think that there's a tendency in our culture to want to be like, man, if, if I'm really struggling in an area, then then I should just move on. Like, we don't want to really struggle. We don't want to fight. Like, if we can just be honest, our generation doesn't love the process. Like, we want results overnight. So we're like, man, if it's going to take a while, then I'm just going to walk away from it. I'm, I'm just, whatever. I'm not going to go there. But there's an amazing illustration that I heard not too long ago, it was a few years ago at a conference and it was from a pastor named Ben Stewart. And he told this story of of soldiers who are in a war. And he said, you know, soldiers that are in a war, they are so acutely aware of what's going on around them. Like they understand that there is a battle happening. They understand that there's bullets flying by. They understand that any moment they need to be ready to take action. And, And they're looking around and they're anxious and they're communicating with one another. He said, but you know what? The soldiers who are dead, there's no struggle for them. Like the soldiers who are dead, who are laying on the battlefield dead, the the fight for them is over. They don't know that anything's happening. They're not experiencing these things, but the soldiers who are alive, they're well aware of the struggle. They're well aware of the fight that they're in. So I just thought tonight, maybe some of you need to be encouraged to know that the struggle to fight, may be your greatest assurance that you are alive your struggle to fight whatever sin you're fighting right now, it actually might be your greatest assurance that you're alive. And maybe tonight the encouragement I could give to you is just to keep fighting, to to keep struggling, to encourage you that, hey, I think you're going to make it through if you're willing to really fight, if you're willing to do whatever it takes to, to get by this. And Jesus encourages us. He says, hey, fight sin. See, prayer doesn't always change your circumstances, but it gives you the courage to walk through them. Prayer's not always gonna change the situation or the circumstances that you find yourself in, but it definitely gives you the courage to walk through them. It gives you the courage to move forward. So tonight, as we begin to close, there's really three bold prayers that Jesus is calling us to, and there's three action steps that he wants us to take. And the first is this, trust God. Trust God. And I don't know exactly what this prayer might look like for you, but I would challenge you to to, to personalize this prayer for yourself. Maybe for you, this prayer is Lord, I'm not even sure that I want a relationship with you. God, I have questions, I have doubts, but Lord, would you help me to see if, if you're really worth trusting? Would you make yourself known to me? Maybe for you that this prayer might look something like, God, would you help me trust you with my future? Lord, Lord, would you help me trust you with, with my relationships right now? God's saying, I, I want you to trust me. The second prayer is to forgive others. To forgive others. Maybe for you this looks like a prayer that says, God, would you help me first just to forgive myself? Would you help me forgive myself? Would you help me to realize, God, that I've been forgiven by you? Lord, would you help me forgive my mom, my dad, my aunt, my uncle, Would you help me forgive my my ex-boyfriend? God, would you help me forgive my best friend for what they did? Lord, would you help me to forgive others? And then third, to fight sin. To really fight sin. And maybe for you, this prayer looks like, God, would you help me fight this sin? And you need to get specific about it. Would you help me fight my addiction to this? Would you help me fight my my willingness to get angry in a lot of situations? Would you help me fight my my lack of patience that I have with my parents? Would you help me fight my my willingness to just want to, to be lazy when it comes to school? Like, would you help me to fight that, Lord? Would you help me to fight sin? Trust God, forgive others, and fight sin. When you look at these three things, I don't think that these are three prayers that are passive prayers. These are not three things that are super easy to do, but but these are three things that I think if you would really pray these things, and if you would really say, God, I I wanna move to action, I wanna live these three things out in my life, then I really do believe that you'd be on the path of living out the will that God has for your life. Trust God, forgive others, and fight sin. Man, as a college student, if you could really begin to own this, man, God is gonna use you in some incredible ways. Some incredible ways. Because I believe the boldness of your prayers show the magnitude of our faith. The boldness of your prayers shows the magnitude of your faith. And what would happen, Living Room, if as a community, If we said going forward, we're gonna pray boldly because too long we've been stuck. We've been stuck in just mundane prayers that we've been taught, we've been taught our whole entire lives. Of, okay, Lord, thank you for you're good, you're great, and and amen. What if we said, no, we're we're gonna move past that? We're gonna start to pray some real, honest, bold, sometimes scary prayers. I'm gonna say, Lord, would you help me to trust you? God, would you help me to forgive others? God, would you help me to fight sin? Man, I think that your families could begin to change. I think your friends could begin to change. I think you could definitely begin to change. I think your campuses could begin to change. I think your community could begin to change. But it all depends if you're willing to say, no, I want to start to pray boldly. I want my faith to grow. And if you're willing to do that, willing to allow the boldness of your prayers to start to grow the magnitude of your faith, then I think God is saying, man, just wait. I have some amazing, extraordinary things that I not only want to do in your life, but through your life. Can I pray for us tonight? God, thank you so much that you love us, first and foremost. And God, I pray for the person in the room tonight who who maybe is unsure of that for whatever reason, maybe for something that they've done recently, maybe for something they've said, a sin that they have going on, an ongoing sin in their life. Lord, I pray tonight that you remind that person that they are loved. They are immensely loved by the creator of the universe and there's nothing that could ever alter that. God, you've never loved us any more or less than you do in this very moment. And tonight, Lord, would you give all of us just the courage to take our next step, whatever that might be. Maybe that's to have a conversation with somebody. Maybe that next step is to, for the first time or the first time in a while, to really boldly pray to you. But God, would you help us to keep seeking after you because you're worth it. Lord, we love you so much. We just thank you for what you're doing in this community. And we thank you that you never give up on us in your mighty, mighty name that we pray tonight, amen.